Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of the Atlanta Sports Guys. I am Sports Guy of Atlanta, number one, Chase Thomas, and I am joined by fellow Atlanta Sports Guys, Max Markovich. Max, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's a uh... Awfully bold of you to declare yourself number one, but uh, you know, as we said, as we said before we started recording, your podcast, your rules, my podcast. Uh, hold on, right there. There's my name is right there. Uh, there's the network down there. Then there's the Sports Renaissance man over there. It's all backwards. I'm not used to the whole video. Thing. <laughs> I just have to do it like awkwardly. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, the Chase Thomas brand is is strong across the board, guys. People forget that. Also here, Garrett Chapman of 99 The Game, Garrett. Yes, how are you? Fantastic, man. Hawks are winning. Mm. I mean, I'm feeling good. As long as the Hawks, Hawks keep winning, I'm fine. I'm going to attach my happiness to their success, and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, let's start there, because I, um, I'm i sure we all have a lot of Hawks, Hawks takes uh, based on the last week. The win streak was snapped, but then they beat the Suns last night. Trey goes off. All Just a, a crazy game um, uh, that we all enjoyed. But I do think it's interesting, because the fallout from that and the fallout from the win streak, and we touched on this a little bit, Last week was that like my my guess was that like, OK, so you're not going to do the big swing. And when people ask me about John Collins, I'm like, probably not. Like, I don't think anyone of substance is being moved um, for the deadline. We're playing too well. Now you're definitely not going to rock the boat. Uh, but does that mean you shouldn't do something? Uh, not necessarily. It depends on who it is. Like you just saw that Kevin Herter's uh, someone that the <laughs> Pelicans are targeting uh, ahead of the deadline. So. I mean, hey, if it's Brandon Ingram, if you want to do something like that, then sure, well, I'll I'll open up the conversation. But unless it's uh, one of the key cogs, I'm, it's going to be a hard pass for me. But all that being said, it's interesting that the that where we are now and the fact that they beat the Suns, who have just maybe been the best team in basketball all season, the way they did last night, it does feel like they've turned the corner uh, in a lot of ways. But Garrett, do you think it would be a mistake? to kind of estimate that this is going to continue and that you shouldn't do anything ahead of the deadline because you're winning now, even though basketball, as we know, is a game of runs and that eventually this will come back down to earth. And then if that they come back down to earth after the deadline and they can't really do anything, then you're in kind of a weird situation of like, well, should you have just acted even when it was maybe not the best time to act because you were winning a bunch of basketball games in a row? What, what do you make of all that, Garrett? I mean, the tempers on this team have changed faster than weather in Atlanta. So it's just, and I think anybody can get better at the trade deadline. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, every team in the NBA can stand to get better. Um, and the best part about it is, is that the Atlanta Hawks have a lot of assets. Um, they have a number of first round picks. They have lots of expiring contracts on the roster. Um, they have guys who could potentially see larger roles on other teams. Um, and they have, they have room to improve. I mean, you can still improve on the perimeter. You can still improve. Uh, defensively. Um, and there's a lot of room for that. You trade off some expiring contracts for some big fish. I don't, I just don't see, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, but we, I, I don't see any big moves coming on the horizon. Like Brandon Ingram. I don't know if you would really want to move the pieces necessary to get a guy like that. Um, like, I, I don't know why anybody would want to move a guy like Kevin Herter out of that starting lineup, uh, much less him and probably a number of other assets. I mean, does that really make you better right now? No, not necessarily. Um, 
And I, I don't think that this team wants to make any moves that would potentially upset the equilibrium that we found on this roster. Um, I, I think since the biggest thing for me though, like the team has gotten healthy and it seems like Nate McMillan has actually shrunk the lineup a little bit. So you, he's only really going 10, 11 deep. Um, and I think that would change once we get to the playoffs and these guys get bigger minutes, but look, this, this is a young roster. Um, I, I think you ride this high for as long as you can. And yes, it's not going to last to the end of the season, but I see a lot of similarities from what we, we have this year to what we had last year. Um, and look, a lot of that we got, we struck while the, the iron was hot in the playoffs last year, we had a fortunate road. Um, but at the end of the day, like this is a talented bunch and they've shown that they can do damage in the playoffs and, I, there's no reason to believe anything other than what we've seen the last eight, nine games is for real um, because what they did last night to the Suns was fantastic. And I think honestly, bias aside, I think they, they are going to take care of business tonight. They're going to extend this to nine out of the last 10 games. That means something in the NBA. Max, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think um, you have to give this roster a little bit of benefit of the doubt because you've seen them do it before. Right. And so a lot of teams make moves at the deadline to spark a run the Hawks are in the midst of a run and you know it's not a fluke because you've seen them do it before um and so I I really think the question is I I lean toward they'll make another move I think there's an obvious move here with um Gallinari Gallinari's deal package that with a pick um pick up a veteran wing and sort of tinker around the edges because I do worry a lot about um like if DeAndre Hunter got hurt again um how would the defense hold up um, and, and I adding some, I don't think it would either. And, and then where you're, you're kind of left with the, the conundrum we had at the beginning of the year, middle of the year where you're scoring a lot of points, but you're not really stopping anybody. Um, yeah. and right now they're stopping people enough to win games. And I think, so I, I think adding some defensive versatility is still a priority. Um, and I think they can do that with, with Gallinari's deal. The question is whether you try to, I don't think a big fish is even on the table. Like, I don't think. We've discussed all of them on the podcast, but I mean, Ben Simmons isn't going to happen. Um, doesn't Jalen Brown's not going to get moved. Bradley Beal's not going to get moved. Um, Carl Towns is not going to get moved. All those names that we have talked about. Brandon Ingram is not going to get moved. And I don't even think doing that midseason would make any sense anyway. And so I think you can keep your chips together for the for the offseason. See how the rest of the season goes with a talented team that you know can make a run in a wide open East that they've made a run in before. Um and see how it plays out and then and then keep your chips and and I assume there will be a consolidating move of some kind in the offseason um but I mean I don't, you watch this team now you kind of just want to let it go let it let it ride and it's funny it seems every time John Collins's tenure in Atlanta seems like it might be coming to an end the the team just clicks and like pre before the uh before the trade deadline last year um they went on a run and it was like well can't trade John Collins now I guess we'll deal with it in the offseason and then the offseason comes around and it's coming off a playoff run in which Sean Collins was key cog and penned that letter to the city. And it was like, well, just pay him. Like, you made the Eastern Conference Finals. And now it's uh, – team's not playing well. So we trade him with the deadline. It's like eight of nine. Can't do it. Um, and so I think, you know, that'll be an interesting discussion for the offseason. But John Collins doesn't go anywhere right now. Uh, but see, that's actually, what I struggle with is that like the prisoner of the moment thing where it's like, oh, eight and nine can't move him now. Oh, well, uh, this player, player X is just killing it right before the deadline. So we can't really do anything because we're winning basketball games right now. But we've seen like the what I what still scares me and what I think about a lot, because I'm still more of a body of work person. And if you look at the full body of work of this Atlanta Hawks team this year, 
there's still problems. Like this is an awesome run, but the fact is the majority of this season has been bad. The majority of this season has shown the weaknesses of bringing this whole group back. And look, things change over the course of an 82 game season. That's all true. But you're also betting on this to be the new Norman that they were able to just flip the script like that. And that's cool if that's the case. But if you're Travis Schlink, you better be sure. Like you better be sure that this is the group that can just it's fine. Like everything's fixed. That if you really do believe that and you don't need to do anything else. And like you said, you could still do something minor like the Gallo swap. And like that'd be cool if we could do a Gallo uh and whatever filler and picks um for like a Harrison Barnes or something. Like you said, if um if DeAndre Hunter, it's not really an if. If when DeAndre Hunter misses time once again um to have someone else in there uh to step in and that would be great like that's probably the way to do this and also it's just it seems like the big moves just don't happen ahead of the trade line everything gets done in the summer if it's a big one so if you're going to go around the edges um harrison barnes is fine but i do wonder what this team looks like three weeks from now because i don't think either of us thought that this is what we're going to be talking about ahead of the deadline that oh the hawks are fixed things are great um the nets have lost six straight the bucks can't get healthy but they're 20 and 5 when healthy but when they're not like who knows like it's anyone's ball game the bulls are still in first um in the east so like who knows we and you can talk yourself back into the hawks just like that i don't know it's still it's i want to see more i want to see a longer sample size but what stinks and what's got to be annoying for for Schlink is that he doesn't have the he won't get the full sample he won't get a month and a half straight of this iteration of the Hawks to see if this is this is lasting and this is something that's real because as great as this has been they could absolutely fall back down to earth and the defense could absolutely come back to what it was or one injury could derail all of this all over again so not to just rain on everyone's parade here but that is something that I'm thinking about is just basketball is a game of runs man and eventually the bottom will come out a little bit. And then we're still around that seven, eight play in status, because if you want to catch the Sixers and everybody else in the top of the East right now, this has to be the norm for another month and a half. And I don't know if that's realistic to expect. Yeah, but I think, I think it's a little bit, honestly, first of all, I think the season is relatively explainable. Like the ups and downs of the season are pretty explainable. They came out of the year and they thought they could step onto a basketball court and beat anybody because they went to the Eastern Conference Finals. They couldn't summon, summon the same level of intensity. They struggled out of the gate. They went on a run, got back to 500, um, and then the bottom fell out with injuries and COVID, like completely fell out. Um, and like you're missing 10 to 12 guys a night, like you're not going to win NBA games. And so I think, I don't know if it's, like I, I think there's a sense of urgency now. And, and I think... Like, I, I think if anything, it would have been the opposite. I think if, if anything, it would have been, we have to make a move because we're desperate. And so when you remove the element of desperation, like I, I think sort of the circumstances have removed, have sort of rationalized everybody, led us to pull back and said, okay, like what is really the smartest move here rather than we have to shake this up. Um, I think that that affords a level of flexibility where you look at the market and say, the the big move out there, it doesn't make sense. And so just trading John Collins just to trade John Collins or just trading Kevin Herter just to trade Kevin Herter um, isn't the smartest move right now. And and that's a lot easier to say when you're winning games and there probably will be one more rough stretch. But it's also a matter of no one move you make right now is going to get you up to the 5-6 seed. Like the standings are how many, how many games left? Like 
close to 30 or so, maybe, maybe less. Mm-hmm. Um, getting up to that five seed right now is, is not, it's not super likely either way. And so there's no move out there that you say, if we do this, suddenly this is a five, four or five seed. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't see it, but I mean, it's also a matter of why, like what's to say shaking it up improves the current run um, as is like they're, they're one, eight to nine, nine to 10. If they win the night, like, you know, I think it just pulls back on the level of desperation in a way that's probably for the best long-term. I, I mean, I, I think the, the Eastern conference is well within reach uh, as far as like making the play above the playing line, um, the, the playoff. Uh, I, I mean, what we're, I just peeked at the, at the standings here, 25 and 26, one game below 500, two games back of the Celtics. Um Look, seven games back from the Bulls as first in the East. That's a long way in the NBA. That's a very long way, but they still have the entire road ahead of them. And I, I think there is, if they keep this up, even just for the month of February, um, if you win eight games for every two that you lose, you're all of a sudden looking at, at five or six seed very quick, just by the end of the month. I mean, obviously they're not going to keep this up. I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to do that. Um, but Look, if they just keep playing a winning brand of basketball, they should be fine. Like if they can get to that 40 win, 45 win threshold, they're five, six seed and right back where they were last year. Um, now, I don't think they're going to draw the Knicks necessarily in the first round, but um, I, I also don't think that the Cavaliers are really going to give anybody too much of an issue come playoff time because I don't think they're going to Wow, no respect I, I don't, for Jared Allen. I don't have a lot. I like, Mobley, Jared Allen. I, I like Jared Allen. I don't think mm-hmm. they factor very well into uh, a seven-game series in the NBA playoffs. I just don't. The Hawks um, are favored in a series against Cleveland. Absolutely. I would agree with that, too. I would agree yeah. with that, too. But I also don't think we're getting Cleveland in round one. I think no, that would be, I, I don't. Just, be amazing. I also don't think that the Nets are going to be area. Yeah, the Nets aren't also going to be a six-seed come playoff time. Well, do we know that? Like, do we know? Like, well, I mean, a lot of time, healthy. Kyrie plays only away games and Harden hasn't looked like Harden. Like, we don't know that. Like, they yeah. could just be a 6-7 seed. That's a possibility. A nightmare Nets. situation up in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, but look, I mean, I think you play, tonight, yeah. you play a, a, a solid 7 seed this evening and, and on the road on the second half of a back-to-back. I think we're going to learn a lot about this team. Like, mm-hmm. if they if they fall back down to earth in this game, we'll learn a lot. Um, if they go out there and... and beat them down i mean we'll learn a lot if they go up there and just win we'll learn something i mean yeah this is a good basketball team we're playing up in toronto um but this is a hot hawks team and i i mean look i think a harrison barnes makes a lot of sense uh, whenever mm-hmm. whenever i hear the name harrison barnes i think it just i don't think there's a better solution to any i think teetotaler say what i think teetotaler teetotaler yeah he's a teetotaler oh oh, oh i was like what are you i was like is that a person he's a, he's a what <laughs> teetotaler i don't know what that is do you not wait? Do y'all not know what that is? <laughs> it's over my head. Yeah. Okay. Teetotaler is someone who doesn't drink. He doesn't drink alcohol. How'd you know that? I didn't know. That. I look. I, I remember the story <laughs> of him um, yeah. when the Warriors won the title. Like he had his first sip of alcohol, uh, I think, with Kerr um, when they won the title in like fifteen. Wow. Yeah. How about well, well, he'll be he'll be a good influence him. on good influence on Kevin Herter, who's obviously been partying way too much. So. <laughs> he won't be hitting up the uh, he won't be hitting up Magic City, I guess. I don't know. I'm surprised Max, like to this point in the podcast, has not just been like, oh, by the way, uh, Kevin Herter, the Max, like uh, we got a. a I'm sorry. Start, yeah. Uh, should we take a moment for Kevin Herter appreciation? Any rumor that's like, oh, like just throwing like I, I saw Kevin Herter and um, 
and Cam Red- before the Reddish deal, Herder and Reddish to Boston for Marcus Smart. And, and I'm like, <laughs> do people no. watch Kevin? Like, do you watch Kevin Herder play basketball? Yeah, like, he's better than Kevin Herder. My God. Like, he he's he's went last last night's a great example. Garrett, look at right? his face. Look at his face. Last he's, night, I'll talk all day about about <laughs> oh Kevin Herder. God. Last night's a perfect example. Trey Trey has That's a go. Cousin, right? you're talking about. It oh, literally looks the same. <laughs> Wait, hold on. This is it's been two years. Are you accepting the fact that you're oh I'm like I, you're a redhead? I'm it looks, <laughs> like, it looks you, pretty there's red. nobody there is nobody else on this planet who has ever said to me that I have I have red hair. Your hair literally blends into the rise up banner oh, right behind you. We and can't the, even tell what in the sweatshirt. It's just like a bunch of red. And I'm colorblind, man. I am colorblind and I can't see. I it. can tell, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to get back to the uh the Kevin Herter point. Um yes. Last night's a great example because Trey had it going basically from the jump, right? Like he's Trey's going. That's not enough. And like they needed a second scorer to come off and give him a lift. And what does Herder do? He hits four straight threes. And then who's he guarding? He's he's on the other end guarding uh anyone on Phoenix. He's guarding, you know, he can do an adequate job on on CP3 if you ask him. He can do a good job on Bridges if you ask him, uh Cam Johnson, whoever. And like the Hawks just don't have other guys like that who, if you want, he can go get you 20. If you want him to just to play his role, keep the ball moving, he'll do that. He'll go guard anyone who's like not a big, basically, on the other end and do a good enough job. And like that's why I don't get like I, I would I would on the on the on the tiers of like guys who are untradeable on the Hawks, it's Trey Young by himself. And the second tier is probably Hunter and Akongwu. And then it's Herder on a tier by himself. And then it's everyone hmm. else, in my opinion. Okay. And Hunter's only that way because of his defense, and like, like the Hawks can't play defense, and Hunter is the entire defense. It's his um, versatility and willingness to just do what needs to be done. I love that about Kevin Herter. That's what. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. From start from the jump, man. That's been the best thing about him. He just and having having job. a guy like that with Trey Young, who for all of his merits is not that way. Um, not really, is is essential. Like you need guys who will play their role and not feel like they need to be more than they are. Am I crazy for being kind of nervous about trading Gallo? Where like part of me is like, I feel like he can still win a playoff series. And I remember listening to Herder on Rosillo talking about Gallo and just being like, like I think he said he was the best one-on-one player uh, on the team. Where he just is like, he just will mess around and get twenty, and you don't even realize it. He'll tell you like, no, I had twenty tonight, and they're like, no, you didn't. What are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, I had twenty, and he can ju- he walks into twenty. And part of me is like we don't have a bunch of people who can do that in a playoff series. If Trey doesn't have it going, um, there's not a lot of those options. It's not going to be John Collins. It's not in Kongwu. It's not uh, Capella. It's definitely not bogey this year. Um, it's a little uh, bit of murder. Oh, don't, don't, we, we can't do this. Bogey's bogey's bogey. He's been playing a lot better since this. He's playing pretty well. Injury. I He's want awesome off the bench. I love him off the bench. I want to, I want two months. Give me two months of this. I, I can't get brought back into the bogey well, stuff. One of the forgotten pieces of the big turnaround in March uh, of last year was the fact that B- Bogey Bogdanovich came back from injury and was playing big minutes and, and yeah. gave us big performances. A lot of he people was, forget he, about that. He had Everyone one of the best shooting stretches in the league last year. He was like averaging 20-something a game, like 40-plus from three. And it's it's mm-hmm. it's not the same guy, but I think I think bringing him off the bench is a huge, a huge boon there. Where like... Yeah. He doesn't have to like worry about just sort of like fitting in and like, you know, you know, just being a shooter or whatever. Like he can go get his. And I think that that's, mm. I don't know. 
that that's huge for for the Hawks, I think. And uh, going to your yeah. point with Danilo Gallinari too, it's it's like if the guy gives you 15, 16 points, I'd, I'd love to know what the record is of the Atlanta Hawks. I might actually, once we're done here, I'm going to go and check that out. I'm going to look at the record of, of what the Hawks are when, when he had, he scores just 15 points, 15 points. Like just where it, it, it's always so sneaky too. It's just like all mm. of a sudden you like turn around and look. It's like, Oh, Oh, I guess he has 14. Yeah. Cause you just, forget, it should, like, it should be said around stuff. Yeah. It should be said. He's an absolute turnstile on defense. Like, yeah. <laughs> Did you well, we have a lot kind of, of important. When Danilo Gallinari lined up and was uh, guarding Carmelo Anthony. That was probably oh, when I, pe- Twitter just exploded for like 10 seconds. Mm. <laughs> there was no one on Phoenix. There was no one on Phoenix. Danilo Gallinari was even going to try to guard last night. Like it was not mm. happening. And if we're talking about like the Hawks biggest clear defined weakness is their defense by a lot. Like replacing him with Harrison Barnes is a pretty low cost way of, uh, of, improving your weaknesses without really hurting your strengths and talk about role players. I mean, Harrison Barnes was a fantastic player for the Warriors, man. He was a key cog in that machine. Um, and it was because he, he just did what was necessary. He did with the, he just did the job, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think he's, he's that Kevin Herter type where he's going to come in. It's like, if you want him to score 16, 17, 18 points, he can, um, he can also be big on defense. He can jump down and power forward and, and play tough. Uh, he can go up on the perimeter and play play physical out there. I mean, he can do anything that you need him to do. And I, I just think he just elevates this team a little bit, and he he provides um, some security for that what if scenario. Um, it, just in case you have what happened in the playoffs last year, where Bogey Bogdanovich gets gets kind of run down. He was he was still playing, but he was definitely not a hundred percent. And then you have DeAndre Hunter who got hurt, Trey Young who got hurt. Um, he's a guy who could kind of pick up that mantle and sort of lead you in with a Kevin Herter. Um, you could, w- you could win a game or two just with those two guys. But um, I think he provides some leadership too. I mean, I think that's really what this team was lacking uh, last year is like that playoff experience, which is one of the biggest surprises from that run last year is that they did what they did without anybody with any legitimate playoff experience. That was really the biggest surprise to me, but I, I like him. I, I think he's perfect. He would be nice, but I also just think what we saw with Reddish too is that like this team needs to continue to shrink and shrink this rotation. And Max, you mentioned that where it's like if we can do another two for one and really limit uh, Coach Nate's options, that'd be great. The more we limit the options, the better uh, for this team as, as long as those options are good that we do have, like the eight or nine that we go with down the stretch. But the more that we can do because that's what the Phoenix Suns do amazingly. Like if you look at their box night in, night out, they play the same eight to nine guys. Like it's the same starters. Like for the last two years, the continuity between that team is huge. And I mean, you see that with the Warriors in the past and you see that with a lot of the NBA greats, like continuity goes a long way, uh, especially year over year. I mean, we just watched them play the Heat a couple weeks ago, and the Heat know exactly who everybody is, who the role guys are, and they have to put in a Vincent every now and then. But like, ultimately, the Heat know how to play with one another. Jimmy Butler, Bam, Lowry, those guys, Hero off the bench. Like, there is a understanding of who who's going to play in the playoffs, who our eight or nine guys are, and that's it. Um, that is important, and I do think. I mean, Jang is obviously not an option. Lou Williams is someone on the outside looking in. Like, what is it? Is it Wright and Gallo that you package for somebody like Barnes? Like, who's the fall guy there? I don't know, but there's no point in keeping um, Wright and Lou and Trey all together. I don't think you need to do that. So I think you dwindle that a little bit more. And then 
I don't know. Like you said, you like bogey off the bench, but I am curious that that's another one that I would focus on if I'm Schlenk is like another two for one where we can shrink this rotation even more with a better player, but that player better be reliable. And Harrison Barnes is about as reliable as it gets. If if I'm Travis Schlenk, I'm going up to Lou Williams before the deadline and saying, here's the deal. Uh, you're like, you're not going to be in the rotation. You're not going to be in a playoff rotation. Um, mm-hmm. do you want, do you want to be here? Like, are you okay with that? And if he says no, I'm figuring out a way to get out. Like DeLon Wright and Lou Williams are not in the same, if we're, if we're looking at the trade tiers again, like they are not in the same trade tier. DeLon Wright is an important part of this team. And, and last night, um, I actually think DeLon Wright and Trey play well together. Um, Lou will and Trey is an abject disaster uh, defensively. Um, and, and last night was a good example, like beginning of the fourth quarter, um, the Hawks are up like nine, I think at the end of the third. And beginning of the fourth, they don't, the wheels don't fall off because like, you know, first of all, it's kind of ugly basketball, but also like they've got command of a real offense. Like they're like, they're doing the real thing. They're guarding and they extend the lead to 12 before Trey comes back in. And like, that is the difference between this team and like many, many other Hawks teams with Trey in the past where like you, you need a professional ass point guard uh, behind him who can just like do professional basketball things while mm-hmm. Trey can can rest. And so like Lou Will, like Lou Will can't play with Trey. I don't want Lou Will really playing without Trey instead of Dewan Wright. And so sorry, you're gone. So like if a team wants wants Lou Will, like contender wants Lou Will scoring punch off the bench, like I'm totally fine with that. Brutal. Just kicking Lou Will. No, here's the thing. I, like Lou I want Will, Lou man. to be like a full, I want I like Lou him. to be the full time Haslam role. Like he should be the Haslam for this team. Like that is what I want. It, like he's already a GCO legend. Like just let him stay on the bench. He's like our Drake at this point. That would be cool. He's just <laughs> and, and and you can say that. And if he's cool yeah. with it, yeah, hell yeah, we'll keep you. But like you got to be clear with him. Like man, you're not going to be in a playoff rotation. No, you're just not. Like let Lou cook is over. But um, we would love to have you around and keeping the vibes uh, good. Um, quickly, Falcons. So. Garrett has uh, he has really gone the full capital S sicko route with uh, the NFL Draft Network mock drafts. Like he is, <laughs> he's really just using his time wisely, just diving in, drafting every quarterback. He has been blowing up the text thread about all the different ones. He's like Super hey. Bowl bound man. Yeah, exactly. Just use a whole draft on quarterbacks, and you can't miss on seven. Right. The ironic um, thing is, I, I actually don't buy any of those quarterbacks that I drafted. Unironically, <laughs> unironically, I I don't like any of them. <laughs> but one of them's Tom Brady. One of them. One, one of them's down. One of them. Yeah, he he's reincarnated reincarnated every twenty five years, right? Has to be. He died, Maybe. so he's going to be in this draft. So he's there gone. you go. Well, he's out of the league. Might as well be. Um, <laughs> well, two parts to this. This <laughs> is something that I think is interesting that's changed uh, because Tom Brady's retired. The NFC South is suddenly just like an absolute. Uh, just gigantic question mark. Like I have no idea. And anyone who says that they have a good idea of where this is going is uh, a fool. And you should not take anything that they're saying uh, other than with a grain of salt, because it is so hard to forecast where things are going. Uh, ben McAdoo is now the court uh, OC in Carolina rule, I guess is staying Sam Darnold. Does he their quarterback? Do they draft up? Like, do they get in on the Deshaun Watson stuff? Uh, Russell Wilson, does he factor into new Orleans or Tampa Bay? Like he makes a lot of sense in Tampa Bay. Um, do they go after Jimmy Garoppolo? Tampa Bay still got a great defensive line and a, just a great defense as a whole. And they've got a good offensive line. Is that a good spot for a veteran? Um, and then you have the Saints who are just the ultimate wild card. Like, I don't know who they hire. Is it the enemy? Is it Dennis Allen? They just promote from within. And then they just 
like don't like Winston's just great next year and they just have this one year playoff miss as a just a one time blip and Dennis Allen's awesome. Um, all that's a question mark. And then when you see people like, oh, the most stable team suddenly is the Falcons. And I'm like, okay, um, stable in what context? The only thing that's stable about the Atlanta Falcons right now is that Matt Ryan's still here. So when people are saying that, they're like, well, we just know who the Falcons quarterback is. And it's like, that doesn't make us the favorite. That just means you have the, we have the most recognizable name under center at the moment. Like that's all that is. And it kind of freaks me out that I've seen a lot of like the Falcons should be the favorite going into, uh, the next season i'm like what season did you just watch like i unless we just absolutely kill it in free agency um and really knock this draft out of the park the idea that this team that we saw play good teams on the schedule this past year is just going to flip the script that much and it's going to win 11 12 games and just be right back to the falcons we knew before um i i whatever that good i guess that'd be great i'm here for it um but i'm not necessarily buying it what uh what do you think max yeah I'm, my guess is that tampa gets a veteran quarterback and tampa's the yeah. favorite uh i don't think what you, you think can it it, jimmy makes a ton of sense man like i would love it, the narrative of jimmy following brady in tampa bay i think the only reason it wouldn't be jimmy is if jimmy doesn't want to be like do that um right which i would also understand but I don't know. I think I don't think it's worth like hashing out who the favorite is in the NFC South before two of before three of the teams have picked a quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. Like that's meaningless to me. We and could say so, all like three haven't. Like I think there's a real possibility all three have different quarterbacks next year. The funny thing is the team that I feel is in the worst position is the Saints. Um, oh, like okay. I feel I feel pretty. The Deshaun Watson thing made me made me like raise an eyebrow in Carolina because that does make some sense, but. That owner doesn't know. seem like, like he cares about I, I, it. And they're, he's not concerned about the backlash. He seems like some Mr. I don't know, Tepper. man. They've, they've been feeding a quarterback for since Cam left, basically, uh, like 1.0. Right. And the narrative but, also, let's just go ahead and put this out there. Uh, Deshaun Watson should never play in the NFL ever again. But I don't know if that's ever going to be a thing. <laughs> I don't know if I that's going to be, a, it's be not, an option. Here. It's probably not going to happen. But mm-hmm. I think the point is more, and, and Terry Fano said as much um, in an interview article I read today or, or yesterday um, that like, that's not going to influence the team building strategy in Atlanta and it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's no point in like expediting a rebuild here um, for the hope of going nine and eight, maybe 10 and seven and like sneaking out of division and losing in the first round next year. Um, like that's not how this is going to go. And so I think that that is, would I enjoy like an eight and nine Atlanta Falcons NFC title uh, next year, like yeah, I'd, I would. I'd be a sicko. Like, I'd enjoy title. that. Not not NFC, NFC title. Yes, yeah. certainly not NFC. Like, would I enjoy I that? NFC like, title is not... a Super Bowl participant, and I don't. Uh, I don't. That's <laughs> we'll a see. lot. Mm-hmm. If I, I would like to see Matt Ryan get another uh, another chance at like a you know winning a division and making the He's playoffs, playoffs. And, like you know there are reasons to watch football other than your team winning the Super Bowl, I guess. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I think there's no. First of all, there's no reason to like go run, place your bet on the Falcons to win the NFC South. I'll say that. And second of all, one of those teams is probably going to probably Tampa going to get a veteran quarterback and they will probably be a distinct, probably not overwhelming, but distinct favorite in the division come September. Garrett, what if you, this was something I was thinking about this week too, is like if they really want to do Matt Ryan a solid, 
Like, what if Matt Ryan's the consolidation prize for the team that does not get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers this offseason? The team that is desperate and wants to do the Stafford thing that you just saw Matt Stafford get traded. Um, He was stuck in Detroit and the timelines no longer matched up. And Detroit was like, we'll do right by you. We'll send you where you want to go and do that and go through the rebuild. And we'll take on a bad contract like Jared Goff. Like, what if Denver came to Atlanta and was like, hey, we can't get Rodgers. He's staying in Green Bay and we can't get Russell Wilson. But we would love to bring in Matt Ryan with Jerry Judy and company and that we think we can win a Super Bowl right away. We can get in. Um, uh, Matt Ryan would be a think? hell of a consolation prize. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, MVP, I think it's a- Super Bowl. No, he played in the Super Bowl, but he's an MVP quarterback model. Of future Hall of Famer. Future Hall of Famer. I will. I will. I will fight. With Maybe. This. I will fight it. He's, I don't know. He's he's on the he's on the on the cusp. He's not he's not a bona fide by any means. If he wins the yeah. Super Bowl, he's in period. But um, look, I, he's a hell of a consolation prize if if, if you can call him that. Um, but he is. I mean, no matter what, great. like he's not Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. Like he's just no, not. He doesn't have the sex appeal of, of either of those guys. Um, like it's not gonna. I mean, he's this he, is he'd be fantastic in Denver. I think he would he would be a fantastic addition in Denver, mm-hmm. but. He's not going anywhere. He's he's going to be the Falcons quarterback in 2022. I'm, but I, I'm saying, I, are you sure? Like, what if Denver calls? What I'm if like, Minnesota calls? Look, I mean, the, I think Terry Fontenot and, and Arthur Smith said this last year. It's like they're they're going to pick up the phone and listen to to any offer that people make. There's yeah. nobody who's unsellable. Period. I mean, we don't have a guy on that on the roster this year that that is an untouchable player. I don't think there is one. Grady Jarrett's fantastic. But I think Kyle Pitts right is made. Kyle Pitts, but he's got so and AJ Terrell might be untouchable for me. Like at this moment, I, yeah. I mean, look. I mean, you can look at the best players on the roster, but the thing is, it's like if someone no, comes that's it. Down, that's the end of the no list. One's you have good There's no one else. <laughs> There's no one else. But I mean, the thing um, is, it's like if somebody, but if somebody offers the right price for any of those guys, I'm willing to part with them. There's no Trey Young type player on this team. You know, I think I think with Matt Ryan, that would require um, that would require him having a desire to go to like do it. Um, yeah, but why would Matt Ryan not want to do it? Like he know he has to know deep down. I don't know, like maybe he's happy in Atlanta. Are, maybe he wants to finish his career here. Like isn't he close to Matt though? Like isn't Matt Stafford like one of his best friends? Yeah, so no, if, they're buddies. So he's not going. He's not going to play for McVeigh in Denver. Like he's not. Wait, McVeigh. And you said Matt. You said he's Matt Ryan and Matt, Matt Stafford. Stafford. But, well, you know, I'm saying they're close, but I'm saying like it. Yeah, but comparing Daniel Hackett to Atlanta, that that's a far fetched sort of. I don't know. I watched this Atlanta Falcons team. We were Matt, we're not. Close. He's been to a he's been to a Super Bowl in Atlanta. He's he's been to two <sighs> NFC Championship games. Those but aren't the same. Is... He's played in three NFC Championship games. I mean, no, it's no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. None of the past is what I'm talking about here. I am just talking about if Matt Ryan had just watched his buddy go to the Super Bowl right away in a win now situation where they traded the house that they just gave up everybody for this guy and they're like hey we're even going to trade for obj middle of the season we're going to do whatever it takes to bring in enough talent to get you a super bowl ring we're going to do right by you for one year and we'll see what happens we're going to roll the dice i just think they're going the team like this is a copycat league and i think a lot of teams around the league are going to look at what the rams did and they're going to be like oh hey isn't it weird that both of the nfc teams were uh nfc title teams were uh quarterback by somebody that they traded for um they didn't draft him like they traded for these guys they traded for jimmy they traded for sean or for matt stafford like i think a lot of these teams might like if you're the broncos how many paxton lynches and drew locks are you going to go for before you're like you know what even though we didn't get um aaron Rodgers, and maybe though we didn't get russell wilson do you know we can go get let's call him 
Matt Ryan, do you want to go win a Super Bowl this year? Like, do you just want to go do it? You can still love Atlanta, but do you just want to actually try? Because guess what? You're not winning a Super Bowl in Atlanta anymore. That's gone. The timeline will not match up. Matt Ryan is too old to fit, to thread that needle. We do not have the talent. I don't care how many ESPN.com pieces I have to read about. Hey, we really believe in the fifth round pick. Uh, 80, Agun, what is it? Ogu Dingy? Like, <laughs> what he's the new replacement like we can't wait to see him blossom next year fantastic i hope that's the case this team is nowhere close to winning a title the amount of depth issues that we have across the board it's not real so if matt ryan wants to win a title before it's all over before it comes crashing down for him he has to leave and i i don't know i think it's just something to monitor i would not be surprised if a denver or somebody calls you know the best Matt Ryan, if we're just going to entertain this, the best Matt Where? Ryan destination? Where? San Francisco. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's fine. I would Go be, play for Kyle Shanahan one more year. But you can't do that. You, Trey Lance. Like, you can't. Then you're yeah. trading Trey Lance because then it's just no, like no, this no, huge. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. Shanahan brings him in, resurrect the MVP season, give Trey one more year. He's not ready. Give him one more year. Yeah. Tell Matt. Tell Matt it's one year and then yeah. you're, you know, you're hanging it up or whatever. And then we can and live vicariously through we're the We're going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. that would be awesome. I'd be, I'd be cool with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, well, Garrett, Max, that's all we've got today for the Atlanta sports guys. Uh, Garrett, we can find you on Twitter. It, your handle, it's right there. Gchap ATL. And then Max is right there. Max, he followed my lead this time. I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Like, folks should know. <laughs> there's not many Chase Thomases out there. Well, right? you already have the blue check mark. So you have yeah, no, no other Chase Thomases in the world. None. Yeah, There's well, actually a Walton linebacker, Chase Thomas, who actually played for the Niners uh, for a couple of years, went to Stanford. Smart dude, but uh, he needs to get off my lawn. And I, like, we're we're <laughs> battling for the number one Chase Thomas on Google. You should I have just, him on. No, hey, man. no, I don't want to give him a bigger platform. <laughs> no platform. platform. No, we're we're deep platforming the other Chase Thomas. We're deep platforming all the other Chase Thomas. Censorship. All right. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm absolutely about censoring other Chase Thomases. Oh Sounds like an awesome hey, thing. Man. Hey, let's let's get a I got I got to I got to strive for your level man. I got to hit your hit the blue check mark level. Sooner well, I can do that man. One of these days. One of these days I'll get there. The Atlanta sports I got to hit a 1000 followers first man. <laughs> baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps well, man. Thank you as always guys. Uh let's go watch the Hawks, Raptors and then uh have a have a great weekend and I will talk to you guys next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.